0: I think what happens is, especially if we're setting boundaries around scheduling, right? I always tell my clients, like, do your best to have a set schedule and and do your very best to stick to it. Because what happens when we don't stick to it? If we say, I'm getting off at five o'clock on Wednesday and I just, I don't care. It's just like, that's what I'm going to do. And then someone calls you and it's like, well... Um, I guess I could actually take you at 5 on Wednesday and then we're pissed at at the whole situation. Like we're mad at ourselves, we're mad at the client. How dare they ask me to stay on the day I was going to go home? And it it turns, you know, and those resentful feelings and all that energy builds up and it creates an unhealthy environment for for yourself, for everybody like that's how we that those are the building blocks of burnout. Like that's how we get to burnout. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager,
1: a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the Secret Life of a Hairstylist podcast, where we shatter the term I'm just a hairstylist and help inspire you behind a chair. I'm Samantha, and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Thank you for coming on here and joining me. Um, you were somebody who, right off the bat, I i saw you were like a holistic coach and that you um, really work with energy um in the hair stylist world and that is something I am definitely definitely all for. So <laughs> um I really wanted to chat with you. Um so I guess just give uh, our audience a little bit of who you are and how you got into your niche and and um how you got to where you are today.
0: Sure. So um hello everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I'm Elizabeth and I have been in the hair industry for, oh my gosh, like 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. And I've kind of done um, it all. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I originally started down in LA. I'm from the Bay Area. I graduated from a Paul Mitchell school up here in San Francisco and then moved to LA because I wanted to work with um, production companies for you know movies and tv shows and stuff like that um and so I was hired to do that um that was in 2008 when the economy tanked and that production company only went into production two times it was for like Lifetime and Hallmark and those they made movies for those channels so um I found myself in a salon which was not the plan but um you know pivot, 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 pivot all the time <laughs> hairstylist. And so um, I was in a salon down there and I decided before I started growing a clientele, if I was going to be in a salon and and do the clientele thing that I wanted to be closer to home. So um, my then boyfriend at the time, now husband, we moved back up home and I've been here in the Bay area, pretty much working behind the chair ever since. Um, I'm also Uh, makeup artist and I specialized in makeup for a long time. So I was doing a lot of weddings and photo shoots and fashion shows and just like all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's amazing sometimes looking back at like the six, seven day work weeks and thinking, holy moly, how did I do that? Um, So over time, of course, um, that shifted and changed and I decided I didn't want to have that go, go, go burnout rest, start again, burnout, rest, start again, um, situation happening. So I really looked at my business and that's when I went independent. That was about 10, I guess. Yeah. 10 years ago. And, um, so I was a booth renter, st- uh, stylist for a long time and, what's interesting is like, I wanted to do that so that I had more control over my schedule and what I could say yes or no to. And what ended up happening was then everything was yes still, because I felt like I didn't, I didn't know how to create those boundaries. I didn't know. I wasn't aware enough to know what was leading to the burnout. I thought I was just like hustling and just like doing the things. And so eventually again, over time, I had to take another step back and really reassess like what was super important to me, what really were my goals. And that was really when um, my utilizing like health and wellness and energy work and mindset work all kind of came into play. And it's just not something that is talked about a lot, especially in the beauty industry, because there's just not a lot of focus there. It's like, you're kind of taught in beauty school, you get what you put in. So if you want to be successful, you better just like say yes to everything, work yourself to the bone, work 10, 11, 12 hour days, never turn a guest away. Like all these things, which really in any other industry, for the most part is not how they set you up for success. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been, an interesting thing, learning how to set and implement boundaries and, you know, raise my pricing and do all these things um, without a lot of guidance. Like now there are some educators in the industry talking about these things, um, <clears throat> but I've always it was always hard for me to connect with them to a degree because I was like, I'm just a regular stylist, like working behind the chair, you know, I'm not like a a a multi-whatever figure stylist or coach. So I always was wanting someone a little closer to where I was at, which was then what led me into actually coaching other stylists and other creatives because I felt like that's what I needed when I was going through these changes. And um so I kind of wanted to show up and be that for other stylists and creatives as well. So that's kind of <laughs> in a nutshell, long story. <laughs> how I got to where I'm at. And, um, you know, I also have an autoimmune condition that is something I have to pay a little bit more attention to. Like I, I cannot physically work myself, even if I wanted to, even if let's pretend I didn't go through all these things. Right. I really can't work the way that I used to anyway. So I, I really do have to be very mindful. It's, it can be really hard not to get sucked into the worthiness trap of like, when we're not producing, we're not worthy of the things that we want. But really the truth is we're always worthy of anything we want or anything we desire, any pricing or any, any vacation, any whatever you need to do because we're just inherently that way. But, getting your mindset on, on the path, that same path is like also a bit of a challenge. So utilizing all those things, I call it like taking the human first approach. And then looking at strategy is how I approach business coaching, which is sometimes a little bit backwards to many people. So it's, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I feel like I'm kind of yelling into an abyss, (laughs) but
1: No, it's true though. Like it is something that I think everybody struggles with. And, um, it's, it's such an important part of our industry because I do see a lot of people and myself included in the past have just burnt out or you just take on so many things. And I mean, in this industry in specific, there's so many different avenues or routes to go. And Mm so we just kind of take them all in as like, Oh my gosh, yes, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And you just have to at some point say no. And I think there's sometimes it'll take that one thing in your life, whether you like start a family or something for you to finally take that step back, but it shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to be starting a family or whatever it is in your life. That, that is the one thing that stops it. It should just be like, no, take some time for yourself as well. And I think that's such an important part. So um, we could just end the episode right now because that was great. <laughs> um, but so what are some things that you um, or I guess what are the most important things that uh, um, to you for setting those boundaries. So what are some like pieces of advice that you could give others to start setting those boundaries or what boundaries should people set? And especially for those who are starting out in the industry, um, it is harder to say no for sure Mm -hmm. because you do want to take everything you you can get right in the beginning. But um, what are some starter ways to approach setting those boundaries um, for hairstylists?
0: So the first thing that really comes to mind is really um, trusting yourself and women especially have, you know, this deep conditioning of not trusting ourselves, of not listening to our body kind of telling us if something's a yes or a no. So there's so many things I could say, but, but really, really knowing that you have the answer already is, is something that I tell my clients that that's, having that as their tether, something they can keep coming back to, um, and tell it like basically saying to yourself over and over, what is good for me is good for my clients. What's good for me is good for my people. What's good for me is good for everyone around me and really getting in that, you know, the whole, like put your oxygen mask on, first, like, like that concept that people talk about. That's You know, kind of overplayed and annoying, but to a degree, like it is true, but not necessarily. I'm not necessarily going in the route of like, when you take care of yourself, you're taking care of everyone around you, even though that's true. This is more like just really trusting yourself to know that even if you're going to say no to someone, that it's okay. You don't have to have an excuse. You don't need to feel like you're deserving of whatever you're saying no to them for like you. Sorry, like my kid has this thing and then da, 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 and I don't da, 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 da. Like you don't, we don't have to over-explain our no's. We can just say, sorry, I'm not available at that time. How about this day at this time? I think what happens is, especially if we're setting boundaries around scheduling, right? I always tell my clients like, do your best to have a set schedule. And, and do your very best to stick to it. Because what happens when we don't stick to it? If we say, I'm getting off at five o'clock on Wednesday and I just, I don't care. It's just like, that's what I'm going to do. And then someone calls you and it's like, well, um, I guess I could actually take you at five on Wednesday. And then we're pissed at at the whole situation. Like we're mad at ourselves. We're mad at the client. How dare they ask me to stay on the day I was going to go home. And it, it turns, you know, and those resentful feelings and all that energy builds up and it creates an unhealthy environment for, for yourself, for everybody. Like that's how we, that, those are the building blocks of burnout. Like that's how we get to burnout. So just taking like a one second pause to remind yourself, it's, it's okay to tell this person, no, I'm going to give her another day in time and it's going to be Okay. Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, it is truly okay. They're going to go, okay, sure. Like, you know, dang it, but whatever, that's fine. The one or two people like out of everybody who might have a problem with that, it's probably time to ditch them anyway, Mm -hmm. right? If if, if, If someone's making you feel guilty about setting a boundary about your schedule or not coming in or whatever it is, chances are that's not the only thing they're doing, That's making you feel stressed out and not respecting your time or your whatever. Um, So it could be a perfect time to not reschedule that person. And to again, lean into the belief that it's going to be fine. Them leaving is really opening the door for someone else who is a better fit to come in and see you.
1: Mm -hmm. What would you say is a good approach to go, to that client, to approach that client and, and tell them that you don't want to rebook them. Cause it's one thing just to say, you know, I'm not rebooking you, you can go somewhere else, but you still want to maintain the integrity within your salon and, and, um, uh, the brand of your salon that you, 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 don't want people going out and like bad you or anything. Um, if, if you shut them down, um, but it is really important to set those boundaries, but you don't want clients to get upset. Right. Um, so what would you say are the best ways to approach a client when you want to set that boundary and say, you know what? No, I don't want to take you on as a client anymore. You can go see somebody else.
0: Um, Just to clarify, I was not saying to fire the client just now. (laughs) I just meant like if they're pressuring you Mm -hmm. to take them at that day and time that you are supposed to not be working, that that could lead into, Perhaps just them not coming back to you, like not necessarily you just saying, get out of here, (laughs) but by setting that boundary, that's what people are worried about. They're worried that their client is going to leave and never come back. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to address that fear for whoever's listening. If they've been in that position before to perhaps not worry about losing that type of client. Mm -hmm. And also, if they're unwilling to reschedule for another day or time, instead of stressing about that, you can just simply say, why don't you give me a call next week and we can get you on my schedule or however you want to handle it to get out of that situation? And if you really do need to fire someone, then just, I mean, what I've done in the past and it hasn't happened that often, but I have just told someone, you know, it seems like I can't make you happy, like for whatever the reason, maybe it's, mm-hmm. they always come back and say that this thing needs to be tweaked or We've like the tone had isn't that. right or had that client. <laughs> whatever, you know, but if it's every time or if it's happening a lot, I do address that with them. And I just say, Hey, look, it seems like we're not on the same page. I feel like I've covered all the bases here. You know, we've tried a lot of different techniques. We've tweaked a lot of different things. I don't think I'm the, r- the right person to give you what you want. So I'm happy to refer you to somebody else. And sometimes they don't understand. They're like, what do you mean? Like, I love coming in. And it's like, well, it doesn't seem like that because you you come back and, you know, or you don't, my schedule doesn't work for you or whatever the situation may be. And sometimes they hear that and they go, oh, huh, I didn't realize I was like being complicated or whatever. So then sometimes they relax and they do kind of go along with your boundary setting. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they do take that opportunity to find somebody new. Um, Either way, the bottom line would be to just understand that it's for the best of you and your business. And that's really what matters the most.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is such an important part of it because, um, yeah, it is our business and and we have to go to it every day. And it's the same thing as if we had a negative uh, coworker right? And right. you're always coming to that negative coworker. And I know I've even had in the past, some clients that I, they come in, I see them on the schedule and I immediately get anxiety because, right. you know, just, they just have that negative energy to them and whatever happens, but, um, it, it can really affect your day to day. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then why are you doing it? Right. So, right. Mm-hmm makes a huge difference. Um, so what, um, what are some exercises or systems that you put in place, um, to get into the mindset of, um, putting up those boundaries or, um, and, and growing your business and, and trying to get away from that kind of like negative mindset.
0: Um, so, I mean, for me, I have, um, a mindset practice that I, I mean, I do like mindset journaling a lot um, where I go over, you know, I'll do like a brain dump sometimes or a fear dump where I write down all my fears, either in general or about one particular thing. Like when I was implementing my boundaries, I was constantly checking in with myself about what was true, what was not true. Because oftentimes fear is something that our, comes up in our brain, right? Our brain tries to keep us safe. It tries to keep us doing that because, and to our brain, what's safe is like the same thing we've always done. So when we try to disrupt those patterns, our brain kind of is like, like what's going on? And then it kind of fires up the nervous system. So what, what I um, do for myself and what I also tell my clients is when they are going through these changes in their careers and it could be for as the example of boundary setting right it's a big nervous system disruptor and it's constant if you're like doing it all day long with every client it can be very overwhelming for your actual physical body so to do your best to take care of yourself your body make sure you're drinking your water you're you're being you're Eating at, at, at lunch, you know, you're like going home and being able to decompress, even if it's just for a few minutes, being with yourself and checking in with your body and really kind of listening to what it might need, um, because our job is also very physically draining. You know, we're creative, so our brains are going, everything is an idea and everything is content and everything is this and that. And then our actual bodies are tired and they're exhausted and they're working really hard for us. So being able to slow down, slow the body system down as well, nurture that as well as checking in with yourself and making sure you're reaffirming all the time that you're doing the right thing. And that everything is working. And I know it sounds like too simplistic, (laughs) but it truly, that's the thing. It's that repetition. It's the constant reminder. It's the really believing in yourself, really believing that what you're doing is the right thing. Taking that one second pause when the client asks for something that you want to say no to, you know, just taking that little extra time, really actually slowing down your body, your reaction, your, you know, the running loop in the brain, (laughs) like all your thoughts. Um, That's really like the hugest piece of advice I could give. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: Um, So you have a coaching program that you do, right? Correct. Um, So Tell us a little bit about what you offer in your coaching programs and like, what are some of the benefits that stylists can really get out of that?
0: So basically, um, I have a few different programs. So right now I have a, I, we just started a six month mastermind. It's a super small group, intimate container. Um, so that one is the, mm, that one is, a combination, right. Of like some one-on-one coaching and with group coaching. So it's one of the more intimate containers that I have. That one is, uh, we get three calls a month two are coaching calls. And one is like a training and the trainings are on all sorts of things, like whatever the group really needs, like in the moment, but you know, this month we're doing mindset journaling. So we're going to go over like Step by step, you know why it's important. How to implement it without feeling like you're going to burn out, right? Because adding one more to do sometimes it's like mm, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. So really, um, again, focusing on the slowing down. Um, we're going to go over journal prompts. We're going to talk all about that. Um, we do like branding. We talk about branding. We talk about social media. We talk about finances. We talk about money mindset, all sorts of things in the trainings. And then, um, I have some small group or I'm sorry, some other larger group coaching programs that are more like courses. So there's one on Instagram and that one I run live like two or three times a year but it's always, it's like an evergreen thing. So people can get added into the group and have access to all the, the modules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another one called the awakened entrepreneur, which is also, it's like a combination group course and, um, or sorry, <laughs> it's a course and like group coaching program combined. So that one is, I, I was running it for six weeks, but everyone was saying it was too short. So I extended it to 12. So now when I run it again, um, I'm not sure when that's gonna run again, probably in the next, sometime in the next six months probably, but it'll be a three month program instead of just the um, six week program. But we go over mindset, wellness, and strategy. So there's two weeks on each module to really go a little bit deeper. And we go over mindset, we go over boundaries, we go over um, some money mindset, we go over um, part of the wellness. That's one of my favorite things to talk about is ant flow versus workflow, which is essentially (laughs) like syncing up your workflow with your cycle. um, And not even necessarily syncing your work to that, but kind of syncing your life to that. And like, Just women are cyclical beings and how it really, we're not meant to like run at the same speed, like just all the time, like our, we ebb and we flow and it's totally normal and natural. So instead of like beating yourself up the week before your period, when you just want to lay around and watch TV, like just really leaning into like, that's okay. And it's actually going to help you be more productive next week when your energy goes up. So that's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, And then the strategy is, you know, branding, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And um, utilizing certain tools. Like I have all different types of creatives that take my courses, but I do have a lot of hairstylists that take my courses because obviously I am one, so Mm -hmm. I do attract them. And um, so we will talk about, you know, getting your business online, creating, like if you really need a website, if you want to have you know, be able to like sell products online. If you want an Amazon shop, if you want to start a YouTube channel, there's like all, you know, hairstylists, you know, we all have, we have so many ideas. So there is like a portion of, of each course where I get to nail down certain goals and desires with each person and kind of help them implement that into their actual business. So I don't really run off of like one particular framework. Like I don't really believe in that coaching style. I look at the human, the person, and then we come up with a strategized plan that's customized for you Nice, because not everybody's the same and not everyone has the same lifestyle or the same background or anything like that. So it, to some people, like to some mainstream coaches, they like to tell me all the time that like my business isn't scalable. And like, it's just like, I need to like get hands off. I need to make everything evergreen and everything the same. And it's just not going to happen. I just, I believe that I can do things differently. So I don't know until that changes, <laughs> I'm just going to do it how I think is the best for me and my clients. So it does make things a little different. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think that we all have different goals within the industries too. Mm-hmm. right? And some of us are wanting to grow our social media. Some of us are wanting to get into podcasting. Some of us right. want to do, um, just do hair or get into a niche of hair or whatever it is so Mm -hmm. I think that we all have our our own goals and and yeah you really have to niche to each individual person yeah Mm -hmm. um so I was I was actually listening this morning to your podcast (laughs) um the one on uh losing Instagram followers oh yes Yes. And I, I loved that your, I loved your outlook on just, um, I haven't finished it yet, but <laughs> I was in the car, so well, it's only like a 10, 15 minute drive, but, uh, I, yeah, I really like your approach on not letting, not letting like the, the followers that you have dictate your life or not getting stressed out about losing people or getting people or, um, and, and that you had said, I think there was one point you had said, um, you were gaining clients off of just like 200 followers. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need thousands and thousands of people in order to build your business. So I'd love for you to expand a little bit more on that.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a funny thing and it's something that I, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I never get bothered by the fact that I'm dropping followers like flies all the time, but, you know, I, I am at a place in my own journey and in my own mindset journey, right. Where I can see the brain shenanigans when they're happening, right. Like if I were to just look at vanity metrics and base my decisions or my goals or what i'm quote capable of off of that i wouldn't have a business and i think that is something and that that was something perfectionism and like feeling like i needed to be an expert and know all the things that was what held me back from moving forward with educating and coaching for a long time and then pretty much when i had my son it was like oh okay well definitely going to just release that expectation of being perfect because it's never going to happen. And that kind of spilled over into work life, which was really interesting, but could go on about that on another day. But, (laughs) um, you know, when I started my Instagram account, it was to gain hair clients. And, um, it was back when like Facebook didn't even own it yet. I don't even, I don't remember what year this was. I think it was around when my son was born, but I guess it was like time, forever ago. <laughs> I don't really know. Like f- six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And not too many hairstyle. I mean, it was mostly people just posting cool filtery pictures, right? Mm-hmm. So not a ton of hairstylists on it. So when I started gaining momentum for hair clients, um, I mean, yeah, I had... I don't know. I probably was at like 200 followers for a long time because it was probably just my friends and a few of my own clients that were following Mm me. But I always figured at least if if I'm getting someone who found me on Instagram like once a week or even once a month, like then it's worthwhile to keep going. And so I never, that was just the plan for the longest time. And then when it started blowing up a little bit like Instagram in general. I was like, "Oh, this is actually kind of fun. It was an outlet for me because at that time my son was a baby. He was like very high demanding, high needs, like the kid never slept. Like, <laughs> you know, my husband was gone all the time because he was a uh, a firefighter for the state, so he was just like never home and I needed essentially a creative outlet. Um, and so I started posting like hair and makeup videos and that's how my page grew really fast. And, um, that's when things started shifting a little bit. Cause I was starting to get followers who weren't just local women who wanted their hair done. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And, um, so then it started growing a little bit more and it was fun until it wasn't fun anymore. And I was like, okay, but. Do I really want to be posting hair and makeup stuff? Like I don't really know. I was kind of burnt out on doing that with clients. So that's when I began the shift, right? when I when I started implementing the boundaries and had my mindset practice going, it kind of shifted gears. And so I started talking about that a little bit more, which then attracted a whole new type of audience. So so I think a lot of times, People get stuck on how am I going to fit this in? Are people going to like this? Who, how, What kind of content do I need to create to gain followers, to get those saves, to like go viral? And again, this isn't the most common advice. But if you're doing what you really want to do and you're showing up as yourself and doing that, you know, in an authentic way, the right people are going to find you and the right people are going to resonate with you. And even if you quote only have a couple hundred followers, a couple thousand, whatever, if you're really putting out content or information that you think really aligns with who you are and what you're about, people can see what they're going to get. So even if, you know, I still have clients for hair that find me on Instagram and still want to come see me because they just like what they saw me posting on Instagram. I don't even really post hair pictures on Instagram Mm -hmm. anymore. So it just kind of goes to show that as long as you like what you're doing and you feel comfortable and confident in what you're doing, the right people really are going to find you. And it might not be as you know, like wrapped up in a pretty package and shiny and blingy because you're seeing everyone else like tell you, do this and you're going to go viral. Do this and you're going to gain whatever. Do this and blah, 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 It's like going viral is fun. Sure. You know, you can check it off the like list or getting reposted by a major hair brand. Yes, that is exciting. And I'm not saying never try and do those things, but the main focus really should be with yourself in mind, who am I showing up as, am I being me, am I sharing the things that matter to me, and less, it should be driven by that, not so much by who is going to like this, who is going to come find, like, it's kind of, in my mind, that way is a little bit more backwards, Mm -hmm. because I think when we show up as ourselves, then the right people come, we're not just attracting everybody and their mom.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's, the important part about it is just showing up as yourself, because I mean, I'll, I'll look at some of those pages with a million plus followers or a hundred K followers or whatever. And if you actually look at who's commenting on it or who is actually following them, it's not people they're going to get in their chair. And sometimes those people comment, there's only like three or four comments out of a million people right. on their pages. So not to put that pressure on ourselves of having to fit the mold of what everybody else is doing, because it, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and it only ends up making you stressed out or depressed or just, just feeling down on yourself. So, um, I love these kinds of conversations because it is something that is so, important right now. And especially with our, everybody's mental health and with everything going on, like we're all on social media so much right now. And I know even for myself, like it has gotten to me at times. I'm like, I just need to let, like, stop. I just need take to get a, a break. Yeah. yeah. Just take a break. Cause it's just becomes too much or you see other people's stuff on there. And, and so, um, yeah, I really love that perspective on it is just showing up for showing up as yourself and, mm-hmm. and not trying to, yeah, fit that mold. So
0: Yeah. And, you know, of course, there is a piece of like who it part of that, too, is like, who am I attracting? Right. Because if you're really on social media for a specific purpose, I want more hair clients in my chair. Then, of course, you do have to consider that with what you're going to post about, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, thinking with who is my ideal client, someone I believe that our clients are like, I want my clients to be like me, not like clones of me, of course, but right. have a similar value system as me. And chance, you know, I do have pretty explicit boundaries. Like I don't text with my clients. My clients are all on email. Like I, I want people who understand that and are going to fit into my business in an easy way, right? In a seamless way so keeping those things in mind when i'm posting and like kind of who i'm bringing in is important too like you know if if it's if you're wanting more clients don't talk to hairstylists talk to clients Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like make content for that clients are going to um see and it's going to resonate with them more so than like this is the formula i used for this really pretty blonde so it can be a combination, of course, if you also want to talk to hair says I did this too while I was transitioning, I would post half my content like speaking to clients and half my content speaking to like other stylists, right? But it was always rooted down in my truth and like who I was as a person mm-hmm. instead of worrying like what type of. what what do I need to produce in order to attract the masses so just to clarify I guess yeah yeah no it makes yeah. sense I got okay. you
1: <laughs> awesome uh, well thank you so much for coming on I really enjoyed this conversation and um, yeah. I think that it's a really important one to have and that everybody can really benefit from especially at a time like right now and and I feel like all of my episodes for the for the foreseeable future just like just about really like grounding yourself and making yourself better and um and owning yourself right it's just not all about making the money all the time or um trying to get the clients but it's just like starting with yourself first I guess is is yes
0: yeah because I think the other things have a much easier time falling into place Mm -hmm. um when when we show up from from that place right like I tell my clients a lot of time, like, think about your why, why you're doing this and and why you're showing up and why, you know, root down in those things, because the how will come like it'll just happen. Yeah. And we really I know our brains, again, really like to we want to know how like give me <laughs> give me the framework, give me the blueprint. I want to know the steps. And sometimes that's, you know, first you have to really look inward and remember why you're even doing this. Mm -hmm. Right. And who you really are. And then the, how, again, it just kind of happens so much easier. Yeah.
1: It's so true. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: well, just to wrap it up, how can find, uh, people find you, um, and find out a little bit more about your programs and, um, and connect with you.
0: So I am on Instagram. It's just, uh, My name, I am Elizabeth Salamanca. Um, I do have a private Instagram page that's like for business trainings and things like that. And it's called Bitches in Business. Mm -hmm. And um, I also, my website is almost done. It's been under um, like a rebranding construction situation. So it's just my name also Elizabeth and it should be up in the next like week or so. So that's where all of the, good, all of the information will be, um, for as far as like programs and classes and things like that. Um, but you know, I'm super active on Instagram. So I always talk about what's happening there as well.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Secret Life of a Hairstylist. I am loving these episodes that are coming out and I cannot wait to share the other ones that are coming out in 2021. We have some amazing industry experts who are coming in to chat all about their expertise. But all I ask is that you please subscribe to this channel and write a review so that we can continue sharing this knowledge and information with you. And if you have not listened to last week's episode with Chantal Chanel, please make sure you go over there and check that episode out. We are doing a giveaway, so you just have to screenshot that episode, share it to Instagram, and tag us in it so that you can win a one-on-one coaching session with her. That goes until the end of this week, so make sure to go check that episode out. Until next time, thank you for listening, and we will see you soon.